right. Uh, do you like a pilsner? Do you like a lager? Uh, or I have no idea what the fuck this is. So uh, I'd say I'm more of a lager guy. I like that. Welcome to another episode of What Ails Ya, and uh, another episode of Sharing Cans with Bands, and this one, this one's a big one, so uh, huge thank you to Frank Turner for sitting down with us and doing this this episode, and especially at the end of his tour, uh, freshly married, end of his tour, and came to St. Pete, and we got to sit down with him and drink some Green Bench beers, but where this all stemmed from, which is incredible to me, is that Frank... Um, tweeted us out he he tweeted us out and i was doing a recording i want to say it was a you me and brie it was peter myself and brie we were sitting there and we talked about uh music obviously and it, it comes as no shock to anybody you know where i stand with the band frightened rabbit scott hutchinson grant uh huge huge role models in my life um <clears throat> one of the greatest lyricists uh ever when it comes to honesty and it's it's one of those bands that men can relate so much to what Scott Hutchison was saying of Frightened Rabbit. And at the same time, women as well. Like I, I've never met a, a band that's more driven towards men and women together equally. And when it comes to a male singing about his own burdens and his heart and his passions and heartbreak and love, it is insane. So Frightened Rabbit, you know, Grant, thank you for being there. Even post, uh, what has happened with Scott and in, in the passing and um, you know, and, and when we were talking about uh, Scott Frank coming up as uh, a song, I still believe to me when he says what it's about rock and roll, uh, you know, it, it's just, I don't want to kind of give it away, but it's one of those lines that even when the Rolling Stones said it's only rock and roll, but I like it. It's one of those ballsy things that just be like, it's so fucking big. It is so big. It's bigger than we know. Rock and roll is huge. And to me, Frank Turner is one of those artists that just, I, I, I'm a huge Springsteen fan, Bruce Springsteen fan. And a lot of people aren't, and I get it, and I could see it, and it's fine. It's just maybe that was my dad's music, my mom's music, older brother, fuck him. But Springsteen is not that. If you've ever listened to a song called Growing Up, um, Frank has his own version of it that I feel is a, is a, a, a younger generation's version of it with a song called Photosynthesis, which I definitely want to have at the end of this, this, uh, at the end of this podcast, uh, Frank's given us the rights to use songs, uh, snippets of it. As you heard sister Rosetta that opened this. So where does that song sister Rosetta stem from and why, who is sister Rosetta? Frank, you're amazing. You You've done something, and this is why you ended up on our podcast, is because you have a podcast. You took it upon yourself to start a podcast about these women in history and your mother, which is amazing that you said, here is a list of women that people may or may not know about, but you know, honestly, if we sit down, we'll say 90% of the world do not know who these women are, and you want to give it to them, and you said... Here, here is a here is a podcast called Tales from No Man's Land, but um bumps, but it's true. Uh, here is a male going into women's lives and saying who what who were they, and it's amazing. He really, really journalistically finds out who these women were in history by talking to experts and loved ones, and it's insane. And he has an album called No Man's Land that 
partners it. So if one song has a, you know, if one song has a title, well, it has a podcast title. And if you haven't yet, uh, well, listen to this episode uh, before you jump off and go find it. But go find it. Go subscribe to it. Uh, it's insane. Uh, Tales from No Man's Land is an amazing podcast. Please subscribe to it. Um, you know, it is one of those things that you just go, damn, okay, this guy really put everything into it. And so is the album. The album, No Man's Land, he put everything into it. And for me, uh, what really hit me to, to say, um, here's a real true fucking human being, is when Scott passed away, Scott Hutchinson passed away, um, there was a song, one of the first songs I ever heard by Frightened Rabbit called Be Less Rude, catchiest damn uh, guitar riff and uh, and just the way Scott sings it is insane. It's just one of those like, hey, be less rude to you. You know, you never know what you might do, and it's just like one of those, be less rude. And what is amazing to me is Frank has an album called Be More Kind, and it is insane. It's perfect, and Don't Worry opens it, and I cry every time I hear that because. I feel alone a lot and uh, a lot of us do. And it's one of those things that don't worry. Like, you know, you feel Frank's arms around you when you hear it. Songs like Be More Kind, uh, Little Changes. You know, there's a song called Heads Roll Off by, by Frightened Rabbit. And everybody's tattoo that's on them, make little tiny change. I mean, make tiny changes to earth. I mean, it's fucking real. Make tiny changes to earth. And here's a song called Little Changes. Frank good friends with uh you'll hear fuck it you're you'll hear um god frank thank you thank you let's just get into this 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 episode and uh not enough praise in the world please again download no man's land uh tales from no man's land and find the album no man's land um i think it's boxing day i think this is when this came out so i hope you're having a good one uh green bench you really thank you for uh for giving us beer and we love you for it and it was it's a chance to sit down with Frank. So let's get into this podcast episode. Let's let's talk to Frank and then um, we'll go from there. Uh, got some stuff to announce at the end and huge thank yous to make this happen. So all right, let's do it. She wasn't one to hide. She taught herself languages and poetry. She taught herself to speak so she could set herself free. Look on her works, he mighty men. She opened up the harm, they can't close it up again. She stepped off a legend, let herself fall free. Stepped off the train and into history Really? In yeah. Florida? Is you that, didn't even go to right? Miami yet. Is that is that right? Yeah, you yeah. sound good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's do this. Uh, welcome to Florida. Thank you for having us. Yeah. What was I last see. night? Atlanta, right? Uh, last night was Atlanta. It has been a good long while since we played in Florida, and um, really, I'm not really sure why. It just, I mean, I, you know, I, I say this is a bit of a get out of jail free thing, but it is true. I, I don't book the tours. No, do you no, know what I mean? yeah, not anymore. So, yeah. Like, when was the last time you booked a tour? Long, long time ago. Right. I mean, I you know I have some input and all the rest, but like, whatever reason, it's just been a while since we came down here. 
Um, and I feel good about being back for two shows, indeed. In right, because so. uh, I remember Fort Lauderdale was kind of on the shelf, right? Because you were going on the cruise, yeah. the Flog Molly cruise and everything like that. So, and that's so, yeah. this weekend. That's tomorrow. Shit, tomorrow? Yeah, well, tomorrow, no. Yeah. Tomorrow is Fort Lauderdale. Then right. we play a headline show there, and then we get on the cruise the next day. Damn. So, so. let's, uh, we just cracked open a beer. This chin, is, chin. there you go. Uh, Green Bench is about like two miles down, three miles down. These guys make an amazing beer, so... Mm. Actually, this is where I birthed the podcast. Right, is, okay. So In this very room? In this very room, uh, in this very can. So right. <laughs> Green Bench was where we actually, as a joke, I was going to see Brian Wilson mm. at the, the other theater, mm-hmm. the Mahaffey Theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was three years ago. And it was just kind of a joke where I said, oh, you know, what the, what's that guy do? Why well, is he just brewing beer? And they're like, go talk to him. I'm like, no, he's brewing beer. I don't want to talk to him. Maybe I'll start a podcast. And that's how it happened. <laughs> and uh, good looking guy with dreads and all this. And I was like, shouldn't they be blonde in their 60s, German? And yeah, yeah. No, sure. that, that yeah. was my wrong. Huh. So, uh, Frank, where are you from? Where's home? Uh, I'm originally from Winchester, which is a city in the south of England. But mm-hmm. um, my dad's family are from North London uh, and tribally so. Um, we're from uh, Arsenal, Highgate, Holloway kind of area. And uh, um, I moved to, I, I spent my childhood visiting there and moved there as fast as I possibly could uh, when I was 18. And I've lived in North London, uh, in Holloway, uh, N7, as it says on my tattoo. There you go. Since then. So what made you, what made you move out? What made you say? Oh, uh, there's no punk rock in Winchester. Yeah, no, uh, right? I mean, I didn't even live in Winchester in fairness. I lived in a small village 15 miles outside of Winchester. And like, I was the kid with the band t-shirts, not even like punk, but just like any band. Oh, no shit. T-shirt. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, it was a really kind of isolated rural existence. And then Winchester was the nearest city where there was like one bar that had live music, but there wasn't anything specific about it. And I started getting into like, uh, I mean, initially metal and then grunge and then punk. Um, and then, uh, I just had to get the fuck out of there basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did. Uh, you know, got in the van London. and did that, or yeah. I, well, I I got the train to London. I lived with um, relatives for a little while. Okay. And then I got my own place. Lived in various kind of student hovels. Went to university in London, um, and then yeah, I started playing. I mean, I, well, I, first band I played when I was twelve, uh, or possibly eleven. I can't quite really. Remember. Yeah, we we didn't play any shows. We just jammed. Just jammed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played yeah. ACDC and Nirvana covers. We wanted to play Pantera and Iron Maiden covers, but those are harder. Uh, best Pantera album right now. Far Beyond Driven. Oh, damn, damn. Vulgar display. I love it. Here's but, the thing. I saw them on that tour, though. Oh, okay. So I'm a little bit older. I think I'm four years older than you. Okay. You just turned 40? No, I'm 37. You're 37? Yeah. I'm really older than you. Oh, okay. Shit, seven years. I thought I was like four years older than <laughs> no, you. No, Fuck. I'm 37. <laughs> but yeah, I never saw Pantera. It's one of my great sadnesses. Holy in life. shit. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's obviously it's a great sadness what's happened with Phil since. Mm-hmm. Um, but I genuinely think he was one of the smartest, most literate metal lyricists in his day. Definitely. Um, and I adore that band. And yeah, Fabian Driven is one thing. I mean, I love Vogel's play as well. I love Tranquil and Cowboys as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's got to be Fabian Driven. Dude, I, I remember it was the first concert. Concert I had seen them do, and I, I was scared shitless. I think I was 15, 16, and I'm imagine. the kid up, yeah, right up front. And you're seeing people just jumping from like the second level of where I was and just yeah. into the crowd. And I was like, Yeah, I mean, Damn. I, I, I'm still, I, the idea of going to see Pantera even now is slightly intimidating to me. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, and you know, I, I'll go and see Cannibal Corpse when they're in London, and that shit gets pretty real. We um, just we just got back from Fest. Um, yes. Yes. How was that? 25 bands. We saw 25 bands, right. uh, ended it with Jawbreaker because uh, got kicked in the face twice. Uh, I think my heart is still broken from a bruise. Uh, we were up front <laughs> for it, from it, not because the songs were so sad. Um, it's just one of those things like 
fuck, why are we up front for Jawbreaker? And yeah, we were up front for right. Jawbreaker. Uh, we saw him last, when we saw Frightened Rabbit last uh, last huh. fra- uh, February. Mm-hmm. Um, right, baby? It was last February? Because, yeah, then we saw Jawbreaker. It must have been two Februarys ago. Yeah, yeah. it was two Februarys ago. Not Yeah, not, yeah, the, yeah. not the one that was just passed. Yeah, yeah. two. Um, but then, yeah, then obviously Scott's passing. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, yeah, we were there, and I said, fuck, if we're going to go see Frightened Rabbit, Jawbreaker is going to do a show two nights like around the same place. Well, talking of age and demographics, I missed the boat on Jawbreaker. Hard. You did, yeah. Did you do they, Dear You or, or uh, like what? Out, I, or no, I you just, just missed it completely. I just, they, I mean, I became aware of their existence, obviously. But right. by the time, I think I was, I, it was just too much of an established thing, and I, I, I was a little bit too old to kind of like hitch my wagon by that point. Do you know what no, I mean? no, it makes sense because for me, Dear You was a was an album that turned me so off. Like I remember right. when that album came out, I was like, "Fuck these guys!" Like this is not, this is not what they were about. Unfun, bivouac, twenty four hour, and there's so many bands that were kind of replicating what they were doing. Yeah. yeah so that sure. you might have been getting into that. But then this but is the, the California I'm, I'm, scene. I was definitely into a lot of bands that were influenced by Jawbreaker. There you go, because sure. the California scene yeah. was building up. But then it's, I mean, it's the same thing with like, um, oh, what are they called? This this has happened a bunch of times in my life. You like, you know, you fall in love with a band, and they're like, "Oh, our biggest influences." And right then, and then that doesn't do it for you and well, you can recognize that man i mean the thing that often gets me like in dangerous situations is admitting that i can't fucking stand the ramones um and like uh well there I, you I, go i 1000 percent accept their role in the history of punk and i respect what they did no me I, too i'm with I'm, you 100 i'm so happy for people to like the Ramones if they like the Ramones. I don't want to take that away from anybody. No. I just, I just... We're, uh, the, we're, when we're I was doing kid, well here. When we're I was doing a really kid, well. I, I, you know, getting into punk and like we had a friend of mine's uncle knew about punk and because Kirk Cobain used to refer to himself as a punk so I started using the word and then uh, my friend's uncle was like, well, you need a Sex Pistols and a Clash album. So I right. got those and then got like, I remember kind of going out and getting like Minor Threat, Black Flag, Dead Kennedys and Ramones. And the only one that didn't land with me was Ramones. Not least because as I put it on, my friend, after about 30 seconds, turned to me and said a thing that I will never be able to wash from my mind. He said, <clears throat> he said, it's the shitty Beach Boys. There you go. It is. Fuck. So here you go. Jillian's brushing her teeth at 9 a.m. today. And I go, okay, the can opener question is going to be, I have five albums. Frank right. has to eliminate one from history. Right. And Rocket to Russia was on there. Okay. Because, what were the and other then, four? So the Beach Boys Pet Sounds, because it's a punk album. I'm sorry. It was Brian Wilson going, fuck this. Like, this is how we're going to invent it. The boys were off doing their thing. And Brian Wilson said, I'm just going to make an album. And it was like yeah, that yeah. completely, like, just did his own thing. Sure. And it was completely like, fuck you. I'm going to do it. And it was amazing. The other one was Stiff Little Fingers. Um, I love the Stiff Little Fingers. God, you get to fucking play with no, that. I know. I mean, I'm, How cool is that? Yeah. They still got it. They really do. We just saw them the other night. They were, and yeah, they play brand new. Yeah. Day. yeah, they did. Whole, like, it, I'm excited about that. Oh, and that so and good. Our guitar tech was excited to have some other people from Northern Ireland on the cruise ship. Yeah, so. there you go. That's true. Yeah, and Flammable Material is one of those that I grew up with. And yeah. Them doing it from from to beginning of uh, beginning to end is yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. Cool. So it was it was stiff little fingers, the Ramones. I cheated with the Beach Boys because I thought it was funny, and then um, that was the British one. But yeah, there was like a few. Oh, Operation Ivy. Oh yeah, uh, fucking love. Yeah, Ivy. yeah, you have Jesus. to. If yeah. Operation Ivy came out, like if that was yours, I'd been like, okay, we're just gonna stop. Well, right the there. thing is, man, like I, I genuinely believe you that, like, okay, arguments about what what does and doesn't constitute punk is so fucking boring to me. So um, boring. And, yes. And I'm in my late thirties and I'm too old to give a fuck. I thought you were gonna roll your <clears> eyes <throat> when I said the Beach Boys too, because I thought you were gonna go. Like, oh, no, I like fuck. the Beach Boys. I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure I've ever thought of. The, no, they're you know, not. They're not a punk band. Punk, they're not. But, they're a pop band. But they're. I mean, they're. they're but that album. 
critical to the history of music. I mean, Pet Sounds changed a lot of it. Did. It changed studio work, yes. essentially. But um, but uh, um, I do think that if we were to draw up a Yard Super Punk, it might be Have you ever covered an Off Ivy song in a band that you're in? Because if you haven't, I'm kind of debate whether or not you're actually. Part. Yeah, uh, um, and, yeah. I, and I, we used to play um, Unity and Knowledge in my first. Well, Knowledge was, is a must. My second band that I was in when I was a kid. Okay, so what was the second band? What was that? Um, so well, so the first band was me and my friends. We got some instruments when we were like 11, 12, just played in bedroom. We played grand total of two shows. One of them was our bass player's birthday, and the other one was my older sister's birthday. Okay. Um, uh, but we were like really fucking young and. Then I uh, at school I formed a band with some friends that was like a pop punk kind of ska type thing, and we were called. Was that big out there? The ska uh, thing no, was huge no, here. Okay, no, really. no. I mean, I mean, hardcore punk is not big. People don't know what it is. Um, when so, you say right. hardcore in England, people think you're referring to the techno. Um, oh, that's true. That makes yeah. sense. Right. Uh, it's just not a thing. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, and I don't want to be sitting. I'm, Again, I'm also too old to be trying to sort of prove my sort of like obscurantist cult bona fides as a teenager, but like really nobody was like the music I liked. And um, I was chatting about somebody with this today, actually, over at Daddy Cool Records. When I was a kid, I used to mail order from the No Idea catalogue in my mid-teens. Like, That's a lot. so amazing, that, really. That, the uh, initial records, um, which covered all the kind of planes yeah. and emo type of yeah. stuff. And then I used to be pen friends from Chris Dodge from Slapperham. Shut up, really? But I mean, like, but it was because there were no record stores selling this music. Okay. I didn't have, know how many friends who liked this kind of music. So you had a ma- mail order. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I had two friends who liked it, so we formed a band. That's how it's going to happen. Um, yeah. So, um, and we all got into it together. But like, um, but yeah. So we were. In, I was in a band school for a bit, and then that band morphed over time into a, a third band, which was called Nijek, which is the first band I ever toured with uh, back in nineteen ninety eight, um, which was a kind of technical emo core type thing we were obsessed with like early cave-in refused that's good um converge boys that's fire that is that where you started thing. screaming is that where you wanted yeah, to start screaming yeah, yeah yeah um and like that music from that band exists on the internet much to my sadness um because is it really well the thing about it, that band about knee-jerk is that like our, conceptually i'm really proud of where we were at because we were fucking years ahead of where we should have been age-wise like we were making like technical concept records with songs and weird time signatures that had like themes through them that were based around the surahs and the quran and like um you know based around james joyce's ineluctable modality the sensible all this kind of shit we were like 16 17 the problem that that we had is that our concepts massively outstripped our technical abilities um so it sounds pretty fucking ropey and i couldn't sing to save my fucking life back then either um so it makes me cringe and shudder <laughs> listening to that shit now but it was kind of cool to be able to look back and say we did that and actually funnily enough I was being interviewed for somebody's writing a book about the UK hardcore scene in the 90s and got in touch to ask if I'd be interested in contributing and I said fucking right I would yeah. that, that was my thing my first tattoo is a UKHC tattoo um, and the UK hardcore scene back then comprised of probably about 250 people in the entire country that's it, it right very very small because you said it was and that's <clears throat> crazy to me that yeah it there was, wasn't because yeah. there's that angst out there like everything the punk rock scene was so big well, and, and the, I thought the, it was just you transition yeah, over anyway yeah the, the hardcore scene specifically also existed like we were furiously trying to not be lumped in with the kind of like mainstream punk scene which was still pretty small but you know like no effects to play to a couple of thousand people Yeah. Um, and then we were also trying to not be lumped in with new metal which was also happening around that time right. and you know to a lay person they'd be like oh you're in a new metal band and it's like I'm fucking not you know <laughs> um, so uh, we were doing that whole scene but um, one of the things he reminded me of because he was this guy who's writing this book sort of said you know I saw Nijek play a few times and I said oh fuck really because I, I can't fucking remember any of that stuff now 
so long ago but he told me he said he saw, he reminded me of one show he saw me and he said, I was like you guys fucking smashed it out of the park you were great I was like cool he said I saw your last ever show and I can remember we played in Nottingham and we broke up after the show what I'd forgotten oh. and that he reminded me of is that by that point me and Chris who were the two it were three of us but me and Chris were like the ideologues if you like in the band had reached a point where we were so like anarchist that we decided that like song structure was hierarchical. So um, we were playing like halfway up like a metalcore all there. And I'd forgotten this completely. We did like an improvised set with my girlfriend at the time reading poetry over the top of it. Really? And, and, and he was like, he was like, yeah, it went down really badly. Um, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'd imagine it did. Fuck. <laughs> That's so good. And, uh, That's so fun. <clears throat> yeah, I think we played like one song at the beginning and one song at the end. And in the middle, we're just doing kind of like improv noise. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Which, again, I'm kind of impressed with my teenage self for having been quite that like right? avant-garde. I mean, I'm not sure it was any good, but uh, but at least it was kind of bold. I love it though. Um, yeah, I, I I've I always wanted to be that like singer that would just do that kind of like just improv as lyrics in my yeah. teens and now now. Yeah, I would love to be a front man. I have the energy. It's just one of those things that I get. <laughs> no, I sing what like for a day at fest and I lost it already. Um, yeah, some voices of muscle. You got to build it up, man. Somebody said Snodgrass was there, though. I didn't see him. John was down there, nice. but uh, yeah, seen John yeah, in a while, yeah. I don't know if you still talk to him or not. Oh yeah, absolutely. Guys, yeah. Um, yeah, we hang out um, when we can, but right. I mean, we do also live about five and a half thousand miles away yeah. from each other, yeah. and we both tour. So, so uh, let's let's talk about something. Uh, you have a podcast. I, I, I let's promote. I have, done, I have done a podcast. Fuck, you did. Yeah, actually, that. that's true. You did. You finished it. It's a self-contained thing. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, people. A lot of people were asking, like, when's season two, or like, are you going to do more? And it's oh, shit like, already, huh? The problem with it is, is that it's linked to the songs on the record. Exactly. And exactly. Unless I write another record in that vein, it seems to me that that's done now. Having said that, like, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I learned how being in the driving seat of a podcast is a different thing from being in the passenger seat should we say uh-huh. um and i dearly wish i could go back and do the first one again because i learned quite a lot about how to be a decent interviewer as you, time went by you did great like honestly uh knowing you as a musician and then knowing that no man's land was coming out you had this idea for a podcast mm. i was like oh shit he's really gonna have to change change the role yeah and totally. journalistically you did phenomenal well, thank you. You're, you're I, sitting down, you're talking. I, I think we got, by the end of it, I felt pretty happy with it. But like I say, and I'm not even going to tell you which episode it was because we didn't record them in order. But the, the, okay. first, the first one, I listened back to it now and there's, I can just see these questions going by that I missed. Do you oh, know what shit. I mean? Like open yeah, yeah, walls yeah. for yeah. the obvious follow-up that I didn't ask. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, see, you could listen to them. I can't go back and listen. I, I, don't think yeah. I have a sound editor. I let, I let yeah, sound I can do everything. That. I mean, definitely. Yeah, hell no. I'm like, I will not yeah, listen. Yeah. But, um, Going in from beginning to end, I mean, it's it's an amazing idea. Uh, how did it how did it come up? Um, like, like like from the where was your flux capacitor? You hit your head on the <laughs> the, the kitchen sink and went, I have this idea. Well, like, holy I mean, shit! The, once the record sort of came together conceptually first, and that the concept behind that, I, I didn't sit down to write anything that had any kind of gender angle. I just wanted to write a history album, and also it was kind of to some degree it was an exercise because I was having a bit of. I, well, I wrote No Man's Land before I wrote Be More Kind. Um, and so it was off the back of Positive Songs and Tape Deck Heart, both of which are super introspective, super confessional records. And I kind of, I hit a bit of writer's block and I was just like, I'm kind of bored about talking about my life. And I love history. And it was like, maybe I could write songs that were about other people that was telling stories from a historical record that hadn't been covered uh, appropriately, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that was the starting 
directive for the for the songs and then well, I got about five or six songs in and realized that every one I've written so far was about a woman and I thought that's interesting um, there's and there's an implicit politics to that if you're trying to tell underrepresented stories and you end up doing that it's kind of like well duh right. um, but it seemed like an interesting um, uh, thing to follow so I so I followed it to the end and then it was like a lot of the lyrics on the record are super well okay first of all then 2016 happened the world went nuts I decided to respond to it directly maybe be more kind be more right yeah got that be out more there, kind and that. then went back to the material from No Man's Land and then it was like a lot of the lyrics are really like involved you know what I mean yeah. um, and also, if you're trying to do justice to a real individual and their life story, to try and do that in three minutes of songwriting is an interesting challenge, but it risks being slightly dilettante as well. So I was thinking about how to kind of um, put out cliff notes, essentially, okay. is what I'm saying. Right. And we were like, well, are we going to release an album with the longest line of notes in the universe? But that doesn't really work these days because of Spotify and the rest of it. Had a series of meetings with some TV people who were deeply annoying people. Um, uh, not Usually are. Well, they were just, they wanted me, they wanted to take three years to make it. They wanted me to change all the songs. They wanted me to write songs about less obscure people, which was just like, yeah. if you grasped the basic concept of this record. Exactly. And after a few meetings, me and my manager were just like, fuck these people, man. Like, yeah. um, and then, you know, podcasting came up and um, it's still pretty wild west, the world of podcasting, in a good way. I was uh, totally going to get into that too. Yeah. So yeah, it so is. So we, we sat down, we did, we made it with a, company called something else which is a big mm -hmm. production company for podcasts we went in we had a meeting i kind of went in and read out my sort of pitch that i'd written up about what i wanted the podcast to be and you know you finish your pitch and you look around the room and they, they just went cool and i said <laughs> what and they said yeah it sounds great let's do that and i was like okay uh and they were like we can start recording in like 10 days and i love was like, it what the fuck that's um, so good it's such so a good idea because um, in film, I did film for 20 something years and in film, uh, it's a men's world. It's a man's world. It yeah. sucks. Um, I was there to see some of my friends do like the film fatale in New York city and make, mm -hmm. make film become more of a thing. And I'm seeing a, a lot more women now when it comes to film and I love every minute of it. And then, you know, five, when was the last time you played fast? What was that? 10, 12, uh, uh, 10 years ago, nine, uh, probably like, I think it was like. No, it was like 2013 oh, or something. Yeah, because we've been together so for about, eight years now. So about yeah. six years ago. Yeah, okay. And it just comes down to so you go Mike to fast. Tried, Mike tried to fuck me. So I'll, really, really. I'll tell that story. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. tell that when these mics aren't running because I literally can't tell you that story. <laughs> oh, it's like recorded for it. It's like one of those things where you just go, no, 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 I don't want to <clears> know, <throat> know, but I don't want to know. Um, oh, no, I do want to know. But uh, you know, and you go, you go to fast, and maybe like if I'm seeing 25 bands, three or four might be women. Totally changed. It was yeah. more women this year that yeah. I think we saw more female fronted bands than we saw male. That's cool. And now we're seeing yeah, in, in beer, we talk about diversity. Yeah. We want to talk more about so women. To, yeah. no, um, it's, it's, a, it's a funny old thing because like is it, is it, there's a danger in all of this about tokenism, which I'm keen to avoid in my life, you know. And it's like with the Lost Evenings Festival that I book, we, we've a Primavera Festival in Spain did this thing where they had gender parity across the bill and it was fucking cool and they made a big deal about it. But at the same time, it's like, I want to book a good show. I don't want to book a bad band just because right. they exactly. have female band members. That's, right. that's lame, actually. And that's kind of disrespectful, in my opinion. It is. Um, in a slightly different way. Um, so, but I mean, you know, and there are tons of great female fronted or female bands out there and and um but also you know it's like it's it's not just as i don't just get to click my fingers and get whoever i want on the bill um so you know we're working on building that up but it's it's uh it's taken its time well i like seeing how women are now putting themselves out there to try 
and and they're killing it. Like we had a female brew fest, a female fest in March. It was just Florida uh, brewers, cool. female brewers, yeah. and the beers were exceptional, unbelievable. Excellent. And now we're seeing a lot of this happen, and I'm very proud of it. I love it. Yeah. And this is something that I felt when you did No Man's Land. I mean, there's a reason why the album is called, yeah. and the podcast yeah, yeah, is sure. called No Man's Land. I mean, again, I mean, the thing is, you know, obviously. Well, I, there was a fair degree of flack came my way on the internet about the record um, some of which I was completely expecting because I've been on Twitter in my life and I'm aware that it's full of raging idiots um, <coughs> searching for things to be outraged about which is all they do that's all they do too it isn't how outrage works as a no. concept yeah right it's, it's, it's a category error <laughs> they're essentially the hypochondriacs that's exactly looking, what they are looking for illnesses L- they, yeah they you just want to look for someone to argue with and right. that's not healthy but it's like the way that health works is you carry on with your life until something bad happens and then you're ill Similarly, with outrage, like you carry on with your life until something happens, you can't go looking for it. Don't that's, look for anger. It's a fucking. No. It's just nonsensical. Anyway, I have to be careful to distinguish between that and between genuine kind of discussion and criticism of the record, which I am open to. And I've had some interesting conversations with people. In fact, before making the record, I had a lot of interesting conversations with my wife about it. You know, really, she's okay. very smart. She's oh, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Right? Yeah. Two months? Two uh, months? Two months. Yeah, two, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and she's I'm seeing her tomorrow for the first time in a while and I'm excited about it. Oh, that's sweet. But um but you know, she's she's a historian um and she is very smart and she's a songwriter as well, so uh, we're well suited, should we say? Um, but but yeah, she you know we've talked about it a lot as well because I wanted to get her input on it and see. Was like, am I being a fucking douchebag here at any point? And in one or two moments, she was like, yes, really. <laughs> this this lyric not so cool. Okay, and, and it, not not in luck because my intentions were bad, but just she was like, that's bad phrasing right there. Um, so, I mean, you have to get a female right aspect on it. But do. I mean, the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to. I shied away from using the word feminism too broadly about the record because I don't want to be seen to be trying to lead a parade that isn't mine to lead, you know? Um, and right. it's like, I'm slightly conscious of the fact that we're two dudes having this conversation right now, do you know what I mean? And, and the meaningful and positive conversations that are going to take place are going to involve voices other than ours, let's mm-hmm. say that. The thing, the justification for the record for me though, and like, um, is that I was going to make an eighth album anyway. Right. And it can be about this or it can be about something else you fucking pick. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like, I could have made a record about men from history, but I feel like that's been covered. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And Over and, I can and make, over. Yeah, yeah, and I can make another record about my personal life. And I probably will for the next one anyway. But it's just one of those things where it's like, um, you know, I, that, that's, I, I don't feel like I'm crowding out other voices. I feel like I'm actually taking a voice that already exists, my own, and trying to push that towards something more interesting. Is it safe to say that... Um, you were basically more raised by women in your life than yes, men, right? 100%. Your mom? My father, um, I'm wary of talking about the details too much in public because it's not yeah, just me. Don't have to do that, but by, just it's, um, yeah. But my father was a mixture of absent and emotionally abusive when I was a kid. Um, and I have two sisters and my mom. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was a very, uh, I was very much raised by my mother. And same here. Uh, my, my dad died when I was really young and my, I was raised by my mom, my older sister, my aunt, like she had her kids and it was one of those things that, yeah, I didn't have that, you know? So I feel yeah. having women w- were raised in that way yeah. too, to really respect women and, and love them. Definitely. I, yeah. I mean, it's a funny old thing. Like the whole, I get, <laughs> this is a thing I should talk to my therapist about, but like, you know, there's sometimes you have those like TV adverts that like turn on 
turn on the like the sentimentality screws about like fathers and sons kind of thing and I end up like kicking my coffee table over and being like fuck <laughs> you um, and then I'm like I need to talk to someone about this um, uh, so yeah not, not a super subtle part of my life <laughs> What made you bring Silent Key back into uh, into this album since it's already been a, a song? Um, it just felt like it fit conceptually um, and also um, in a way that I'm reasonably proud of. I mean, the fact that the two are so different is indicative of how deep into the weeds The Sleeping Souls and I get when we're working up a record. Because right. I wrote Silent Key to sound like it sounds on No Man's Land. Right. And okay. then in the process of working it through with the band, we changed the key, the time signature, um, the feel, like everything. Um, and and I'm very glad we did and I love the version of some positive songs I think it's killer but it was just like it had gone so far off reservation that it struck me that I could actually just and it, put, it met its home and no man's yeah, life yeah there was, there was and you know I mean if Radiohead can release two record, two copies of Morning Bell then I can release yeah right? I was uh, I was outside uh, close by the water when the Challenger went up and I watched right. it I watched it go up oh, and wow. then I remember seeing it split yeah, yeah, sure. And I remember asking my teacher, I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. They're like, and I remember uh, in Miami, it was considered, like, we were thinking it was like terrorism at that time mm-hmm. because we were outside. And, and when we ran inside, the news even said, like, this was not supposed to happen. And yeah. they were just like, this is something else. Yeah. And then yeah, we find sure. out it wasn't. And, uh, rings, yeah. Um, I, I, so it's very, <coughs> it's right on the edge of my memory. <coughs> I can't remember. If I can remember it, if I can remember remembering it. If five years old? You would have been like five, four, four right? Four, four or five, old, yeah. yeah. But my mum was a primary school teacher, and um, right. so she was interested in Chris McAuliffe, conceptually. Um, uh, and yeah, I, it, I can remember it as a presence in my childhood. Yeah, so, January 28th, I'll never remember that. I mean, yeah. forget that day. It was it was terrible. And, yeah. you know, they, me at 11 years old, I probably wanted to be an astronaut somewhere in my life. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, sure. We all wanted to be an astronaut Not somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was one of those things like, oh, shit, like this, this, this is, is risky. Yeah. This is risky. Yeah. 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 So uh, when touring, uh, like you said, you don't get to pick where you get to play. But when you are here, what are some of the things you like to do on a tour? What what makes Frank Frank to not lose your mind on tour? Um, I mean, uh I, I have a lot to do when I'm on tour. I've just about 21 years in managed to convince my mother that I'm not on holiday when I'm away. Um, uh, she's like, oh, there's this lovely museum. It's only 40 miles from where you're going. And I'm like, cool, it might as well be on the fucking moon yeah. if it's further than walking distance from the venue. That's the end of that because I'm, we're on a bus. Do you know what I mean? But uh, and, and also, you know, I sort of feel quite... I'm, I'm getting better as I get older about like concentrating my work into the time when I'm working. Do you know what I mean? So like I want to work really hard when I'm on tour so that when I go home I can just like switch off and yeah. um, you know, spend quality time with my wife and my cat. Um What's your uh, cat's name? Uh Booty Cat. Booty Cat. Named after okay. Queen Boudica. Okay. Who was a um a Celtic queen of the uh British Isles who fought against the Romans. Um famously. If you want another cat, let me know. I'll drive back home. I'll be back in time for the show. Okay. No, <laughs> not sure I can no. take home. Damn. But, yeah, um, we have three. But yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I, I try and sort of wander around and see stuff if there's time. Um, the, yeah. To be honest, t- talking about sanity, I mean, um, I, I go running quite a lot and listen to music. And I also, um, uh, to, to an extent that, because the thing is, because of the nature of this project, it's like, it's Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls, but it's under my name. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. so I do all the press. Um, and that's fine, but it means right. I am, I'm more. You're the front runner. I'm, I'm more busy than the other guys on the tour. Um, and that's fine. That's just how it is. But like, yeah, I you're t- doing this right now. Well, exactly. Yeah. But I tend to eat on my own every day. That's my that's, that's my good. sanity time. As I t- and and it started as a bit of a joke with everybody. I think people get it now. But it's like I take my book on a date. 
Um, yeah. And I just go and I... Because I'm a voracious reader. If I don't read 50 pages a day, I feel like I've done something wrong. So, um, uh, so yeah, so I'll take my book out for dinner every day and just, like, switch off and turn my phone off and just, like... I'll just talk to people for a minute. <laughs> what are you listening to now? What are some bands you're listening to right now? Uh, to be honest, right now I'm in the middle of this, like, utterly insane and slightly behind the times obsession with idols um took me a while to tune into that band, joe talbot's fucking great yeah he, now he does have the the double cross on his arm does he not yeah i saw that yeah he, i saw oh, that yeah. In, a, in a video he's not someone i know i mean he's the first kind of front person in a punk band that i felt genuinely threatened by in quite a long time and amen i think that there's an awful one of there is a trend in the world these days Within, uh, within punk which I'm slightly uneasy with which is the endless niceification of punk rock punk is also supposed to be threatening and challenging it is do you know what I mean it's I, not, I agree it's not always supposed to make you feel good do you know what I mean yeah like, definitely there are um, I have a side project band called Mongo Horde which puts this right. into practice and it's, it's not it's, I'm not saying the band's supposed to be threatening but it's supposed to be sarcastic mm-hmm. and caustic and um, you know, push push boundaries both lyrically and musically and all the rest of it. And like some people are so fucking furious about just that conceptual drive. And it's just like I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the Dead Kennedys, right? Exactly. Like, this do you is know what punk I mean? rock. It's like it's yeah. You know, for fuck's sake, it's just like it, it gets the aggression. We're not beating the shit out of other people. Mm-hmm. We're dancing together in this. When I say I got kicked in the face twice, yeah, the person was actually just doing his crowd surfing. Sure. Peaceful as shit. Yeah, Even yeah, though, yeah, yeah I got kicked in the face yeah, yeah. twice. I got my ass kicked at the show. It's, yeah, and but it's, it's it's fine. Also, with regards to that band, I mean, it's like I'm a huge fan of a lot. I mean, in fact, a lot of Florida death and black metal. Do you know what I mean? I grew oh, up you're listening to Morbid Tampa. Angel. There you and, go. Um, yeah, Cannibal uh, Corpse. Deicide and Cannibal Corpse and mm-hmm. Obituary, who I love as well, and like all that kind of stuff. And like, do you know what I mean? It's just it's like there is a level of, and uh, you know, I enjoy the kind of like sens- the sensation art exhibition in London. I like art that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't do that. Not all the time, but some of the time there is a place for that in art. And there is this weird kind of movement right now of people trying to say that, like, that's not what punk's supposed to be. And I'm just a bit kind of like, okay, fuck off. Never fight a man with a perm. Yeah, well, is, but that's what I mean about idols. Yeah, is that for the first fucking, time in a long time, it's a punk band that really makes me feel like, yeah, like I'm not 100% safe. The understand. first time I heard him was uh, Brutalism. Mm. And you hear his voice and it's very... Mm. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's got to be yeah. in his 40s, 50s. Like skin, yeah, yeah. gonna fucking kill somebody. And when yeah. you hear mother, like I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like that mother, and then the fucker after it. Yeah, I was yeah. scared shitless, and then I see who he is, and I'm going, I need to see this band live. Yeah, yeah, and sure. watching the band with him, oh, it's not like he's not just a front man. They all are front men. Like this is yeah, 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 sure. a band. I never seen him. I haven't seen him yet. Uh, Fontaine's DC. Have you heard these guys from yeah, Ireland? Everybody keeps telling me that they're Holy shit. Check out, they're, so yeah, they're, they're on the tour with them. I heard they were on tour with them, and that is probably in my top five this year. Like, you, honestly, you you have opened a door where I really hope if you do it again, awesome with No Man's Land, mm. where you accompany something with a podcast. But I almost was like, you know what? Shit, how do I pick up a guitar and learn something in, in, in 24 hours so yeah. I could do what Frank did? Because people should be making a movie accompanied with a podcast, making oh, a, yeah. a, an album accompanied with a podcast. Yeah. And this this idea, No Man's Land, is one of the most important albums to come out in over a decade. Thank you. That's it, very sweet. No, it's, it's what it is. But think about it. You did something. 
you I'm, went. I'm, I'm gonna pass some more beer because I've got to do a sound check. That's. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> but you went into you went into it. Uh, with... How on punk was that? Yeah, Jesus, what's the fucking end? Christ. Christ. But Edit wait. that bit out, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> but wait a minute, no, let's actually you you made a beer, right? You actually oh, a long time ago, yeah, long time ago. A, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 20, let's bring the beer into this. The beer fans want to know. Yeah, it was so. like in 2012. That was that was pretty funny. Signature Brew guys, they're they're a good crew of mm-hmm. people, and they do you know Craig Finn did one with them and. They've done a bunch That's of That's right, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it was kind of funny. Like, I don't know very much about beer. And they took us down to this brewery, and I took Ben from Mongol Horde along with me. And they had these, like, shot glasses. They had, like, a million types of beer. And the idea was that the brewer would give us, like, a shot of, like, each beer, and you drink that. And he's like, what do you like about it? What yeah. don't you like? And then, you know, he goes... Yeah, like beer. Down. beer. And, um, you know, we paid attention for like the first five after which we were drunk. Ben got so hammered that he started throwing up halfway through. The- and they were filming it as well. <laughs> oh, no. And it was, I, could, I, was, I just laughed so <laughs> fucking hard. It was like, what? And I'm like, dude, you're not even part of this. You're just our mate who's hanging out, you fucking loser. <laughs> um, but, uh, but then speaking of Ben, this is a Mongol Horde story which I have to tell about Ben because it is my... F- I've known Ben since I was 10 years old. We were in most of the bands I was chatting about before. Part of the reason we do Mongol Horde is so I can hang out with Ben more. I love um, that. But he... Uh, we played... Uh, the last UK tour we did, which is just under two years ago, we did... Um, it was like a four-show tour. But it was kind of big shows for us. We were doing like 800 people a show kind of thing. Played in Manchester, had a killer show. I DJed afterwards. Everyone got completely out of their fucking minds until like early in the morning kind of thing. So the next day in Birmingham, everyone was like suffering. And um, we decided to try and like drink through our hangovers for the show. So we were shit-faced by the time we went on. And uh, Ben is an incredible drummer. but And he's a fucking loud drummer. And he was playing away during the show and I looked over to him and I heard him say to himself but loud enough that I could hear it over his fucking cymbals he just went I'm really fucking good at this (laughs) Um, and I was just like oh my (laughs) fucking god you just said that out loud and like I just kind of dropped the mic and just started laughing I was like you fucking idiot see that's what it's about man friends just you're still having fun you're still having fun well particularly Mongol Horde I mean the rule with that band is that if it's not fun then we won't do it yeah do you know what I mean we're doing a US tour yeah you're coming to the US yeah Yeah. which we're calling Ben's Christmas Vacation 2019 (laughs) that's awesome we booked the tour because Ben's never been to the oh shit wait is that this year no early next year oh yeah this year yeah December we're not coming this far south no Ben's like been to New York once and he's never toured in the States so we booked the tour and then it's too hot here the tour shirts actually say Ben's Christmas vacation I love it I love it so for the last question mm. uh, next album mm. spend some time with the wife with the cat you should um, but where do you think you're going with the next one have you written anything um, yet I'm, or I'm nine songs in oh um, shit man uh, yeah. Frank get some sleep man come on <laughs> I finished one yesterday actually um, uh, I don't want to give the game away too much but like um, it's no gonna, don't it's going to be hard and fast holy shit I want to make like a melodic hardcore record essentially because yeah you went be more kind which i'm never going to argue it's but that, that was it but i know exactly what you're about saying i'm about to agree with it like or at least i think i do um you know that was that was a venture into like kind of electronic and rhythmic exper- mm-hmm. experimentalism and then no man's land is what it is and and it's just a bit like but one and it's kind of funny because it's one of those things i think a lot of artists do this in my head i'm going back to my roots but it's actually going to be like way heavier than anything i've released as a solo artist holy shit I, okay i want to make a record that has like d beats on it and shit do you know what damn I mean? like um, yeah and See how that goes. I'm excited, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, off the mic, I can't wait to see the the modern leopard tattoo. Oh wait, did you? You didn't wear. She has a she has a Scott. I got the tattoo. modern There it is. Yeah. And Jillian has a uh, she has a, a tattoo for Scott. I still haven't gotten mine yet. Yeah, it is. But, 
yeah. yeah. Yeah, Scott Scott was a was a dear friend. I miss yeah. that motherfucker yeah. every day. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, um, it was one of those things. Yeah. yeah, I want to get a photo of us that I can send to Grant. So oh definitely. yeah, awesome. yeah, he's a yeah. sweet guy. Right? I don't know him as to be honest. Grant and I have only really sort of got to know each other since Scott's passing, because and I say this with no disrespect to Grant or anybody else in the band at all, but like the nature of Scott and I's friendship was founded on the fact that we had no mutual friends. Uh, but that's we awesome. did a similar right. job which meant that there were no holds barred right. on what we could talk about oh, that's great so we used to we used to quite often we'd like he'd be in Seattle on tour and I'd be in Berlin on tour and we'd have these like three hour long middle of the night conversations about what was going on in our careers and how the label was and how writing felt at the moment and blah 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 and, and it, do you know what I mean it functioned because there was no definitely it's helpful could, no one could for the both of you yeah it's completely. hard to do I, you know, you're touring we, we with didn't, we didn't know each other girlfriends yeah. managers band members yeah. friends brothers families anything and it, so you could just say fucking anything to each yeah. other but the sadness about that for me is it's just that like when it happened I sort of didn't really have anyone to talk to about it particularly right I mean obviously we do have some mutual friends sure but like it was just it just kind of happened and I was like well fuck yeah, that was a strange 36 yeah. hours of his disappearance. It certainly was. And I spoke to him about a week beforehand and he was in great spirits. And that will trouble me for the rest of my day. I'm so sorry. Well, there's um, a lot of love to you, man, because I know, I know. It would, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sadness. But um, but anyway, sorry, where were we? We were wrapping up. I think. Yeah, we were. Yeah, so, I have a sound check to get to. Uh, yes, um, you do. So uh, thank you for this. Thank you. I hope you fun. enjoyed the beer. Are you and, guys uh, coming out for the show later? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll gonna, be here. It's a very, yeah. very different show to what we usually do. So no, I'm excited. Well, I know you're doing No Man's Land. The and main then, set is also and then radically different. Sleepy is in the, the title of the ne- the band. That's So are you doing your... Oh, I'll find out. Let's just do that. find out. Yeah, yeah. Because I heard it's you and then... It it's happens the along the right. Okay. Just, uh, it's different. Okay. There. So, dude, you're the best. Thank you so much. And Cheers, uh, thank you for the right. as well. Dude, of course. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Well, I guess I should confess that I am starting to get old. All the latest music fads all pass me by and let me cope. All the kids are talking slang. I won't pretend to understand. All my friends are getting. So there you go. That's me sitting with Frank Turner. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. And uh, thank you, Frank Turner, and to his fans that have not yet heard us yet. And uh, we welcome you. We welcome you. A lot of these are happening. Um, We mentioned Grant Hutchinson in the beginning of this episode, and uh, we were promised jetpacks from from Scotland are coming to Orlando. And that's one we would like to sit down with on Valentine's Day. Maybe find some lovey beers for those boys to sit down and uh, sit with them and, and get to know them and uh, find out what makes them sing because, damn, man, they're fucking great. I, I love Jetpack. So that's one band that we definitely need to be sitting down with. But um, there you go. The real deal Holyfield, the man himself. Uh, Frank, your family now. Anytime you're here, you know. Uh, if you want to share beer, we got lager for you. And uh, 
And it, it's just one of those moments that it really meant a lot to hear you talk and then talk about the podcast and really how you felt about going in and, you know, uh, it, it, it's hard. I totally understand about me being raised by women my whole life, uh, you know, uh, older sister, my aunts, my my mom, you know, my mom's friends, my, my sister's friends. Uh, I feel like a lot of the time, no matter what's happening in a woman's life, I have to be a, I have to stand up and, and, and speak with them. And it's just in my nature, you know, you know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things that, uh, I, this album, no man's land and tales from no man's land really hit me. And it, it made me just go, shit, I wish I thought of like really thought of that. And you know what people, uh, just because Frank did it with one album, you know, there's a lot more women out there that we could tell their stories. There's a lot more people out there. There's a lot more animals out there. There's heroes out there and there, there's stories that we, that we need to be told. And honestly, that's why I love sitting with brewers. I mean, at the end of the day, they're heroes in many people's eyes. It's just, you know, it, it, all no, not all heroes wear capes, but superheroes wear capes. Shit. We're all heroes to someone. And I hope that's true. Um, so honestly, please, if you have not yet listened to this podcast and this is your first time hearing it, please subscribe. Uh, we would love to have that. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We are out there. Uh, you know, it's our third year doing this. We have a uh, we have a beer fest now every year in January coming up. It's 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 for you guys. We do something that where we pay the brewers to be there and we make these tickets cheap to just say come join us and try beers that you wouldn't normally try in Orlando kind of thing. Guys, we're, we love doing this and we want to do more and we want to hear from you. What more can, what ails you do? What more can you throw me to the wolves and say, go do it. So thank you to my team, uh, Peter, Bree, Jillian, Sadmith. I, I love you guys. And now to my team, my family, Andy McGee, you really killed it. Just bring me to St. Pete to sit there and see Frank Turner. Kristen, I, I'm so glad you guys came out. But again, huge thank you. Frank Turner, you're amazing. Trey Steed, you're amazing. Frank Hensley, uh, Anthea, everybody there, Extra Mile. Don't forget Extra Mile, guys. Extra Mile Recordings has Against Me, Beans on Toast. One of the greatest debut albums of all time is a band called Clap Your Hands and Say Yeah. If you've never listened to that first album, you're crazy. The band Failure is one of my favorite fucking 90s bands. They're on Extra Mile. My homeboy, Jim Ward from App the Drive-In. I still have your hoodie. I don't know where it is, so don't ask for it back. But uh, I miss you, Jim. I heard you were in Orlando recently. I apologize. Uh, Tim Barry, you're coming to Wills. Tim Barry of Avail, he's coming to he's coming to Wills. I missed him at Fest. Things like this are happening, guys. I'm, you know, come see bands, go see bands, enjoy these bands. It's it's you heard them talk and you you want to hear them talk, and we got more coming with them. So thank you, thank you to everybody out there, Jillian. Those. Pictures are amazing. Thank you for that. Grant, uh, Grant Hutchinson, everybody. Um, such a sweet guy. And uh, I promise we'll have some cider soon. I do. Guys, let's go home. Let's 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 have a great boxing day. Have a great new year. Uh, Sad myth. I know this is a different kind of episode for you, and I know you killed it. Uh, as I'm recording this before you're killing it. Slay it, homie. I love you. Uh, Frank, love you. Everybody, we love you. Um, on that note, don't worry, be more kind. Love you guys.